My name is Catherine Arndt and I'm the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. I hope you enjoy today's Connect episode brought to you by the VLGA, the national broadcaster on all things local government. to VLGA Connect. It's another Fast Track Leadership Day special event where we look at one of the panels that our audience was able to really get into, such as what does trust in leadership look like and what does that mean for councillors? Joining us on the panel were Professor Carolyn Hendricks, former politician and communications consultant Bill Forward and Associate Professor Andrea Carson. So our survey work and interview work um, in partnership with the Victorian Local Governance Association over this term of um, councillors, the four-year term between 2020 and 2024, is showing that we've got some missing cohorts. It probably won't surprise anyone to learn that younger women uh, under the age of 45 are not as represented in putting their hand up to run for office as other cohorts. But we're also finding regional women are not putting their hand up as much as other um, councillors in metropolitan or male councillors in regional areas. And we've got some data and um, the interview uh, feedback is giving us some reasons for why that's the case. For the younger women, it's role strain, it's having lots of different responsibilities, uh, but mainly the child rearing responsibilities that many have and household work that falls predominantly onto women within households, um, disproportionately more so than it does men. And it means that women are making tough choices. They might want to represent their councils, but between rearing families, getting a foothold in their careers, uh, and also making sure the CV keeps ticking along, um, there's not much space for also putting their hands up to run for local office. I think you should start by saying that state government's attitude always is that local government is a creature of the state government. Established by act, run by act, minister can give directions. So the first thing I think you need to recognise is that the majority of the power resides somewhere else. I think that's a really important thing. But more importantly, I think, is that state government understands that local government is better at communicating with ratepayers. Now, let's face it, the ratepayers and the voters of the state election, they're the same people. They don't have different views from one to the other, particularly. The crucial thing, it seems to me, though, is that as, as the tier of government closest to the people, state government likes to use them to test things out, to understand things, to communicate. Um, and I think that that's a very important role. But make no mistake, push comes to shove. If the state government doesn't like what's going on, it has a raft of tools that it can use from straight jaw boning to sacking a council. It can do virtually anything it wants to do. Um, at the moment, I think the relationship is better than it's been at some stages in the past, but it comes and goes. It really does. The only other thing I think I should say is that, and I've been in and around looking at local government since the early 90s, is that it's dangerous for local government to set itself up as the opposition to government. 
easy to do, they do have a voice and the capacity to be heard, but the danger in doing that is that you lose your capacity to have a seat at the table. That if you become too strident in opposition, rather than trying to work with government to get solutions that are in everybody's interests, then you run the risk of being sidelined, moved to pushed out of the way. So another obstacle, we just spoke about role strain, but another obstacle is also the toxic space that can be created with digital technologies, mainly through social media. We found through our survey work that women are disproportionately targeted with, um, with trolling and gender abuse in that online space. However, there is another side to this, and that is that digital technologies can also be used by women, particularly during the last two years of COVID, to be able to campaign more effectively. So we had a mixed response. On one hand, uh, some women were very appreciative that they were able to equal the playing field, uh, so to speak, with men by increasing their visibility using these online tools. But the flip side to that was it was also a portal for more abuse. In my nearly 40 years in public life now, the level of respect that people have shown to each other traditionally is beginning to diminish. I think all sorts of reasons, social media, I think it's one of them. But the capacity to respect someone has a different point of view, but not then cancel them or cancel their views or to set up a war against them, I think it's really important and I'm not sure we've yet got that right, which is why I think we, you know, the new Act spends so much time saying, setting up structures to monitor the behaviour of councils and council officers and, the rest. And, I, and frankly I think it's disappointing. Thanks for joining us for this special Fast Track 22 edition of VLGA Connect and stay tuned for more.